Well, hello, Bev and John. It's nice to meet you. Well, it's very nice to be with you. Nice being with you, Lania. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today. I'd love to uh, share some of your stories with us and with the, the, the audience that follows House Sit Match. So please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about why and how you started house sitting. Well, first of all, John and I are, I'm 69, he's 70. We come from corporate America where we wore suits every day, very like uptight, if you might say. And then from there, we started our own business, which we did for about 20 years. Uh, we come from Arizona and we've got two daughters and five grandchildren. And we had a pug for 16 years. That's us. <laughs> Gosh, so you have had a houseful in your lives in America. That's fantastic. Right. So you're well equipped with experience. Yeah, we have a lot of experience. Actually, um, we have a lot of pet sitting experience because of our pug who never saw the inside of a kennel. And so we always had his friends come over. And even after he passed, we still had his friends coming over to visit. Well, that's wonderful. So, um, so what gave you the idea of house sitting? What, how did you first become aware of house sitting and, and the opportunities for travel? Well, we wanted to travel in retirement. Um, we weren't quite sure. John wasn't quite sure how it was going to happen because um, I wanted to travel a lot and we were just weren't sure. As with most retirees, you're not quite sure how your finances are going to work out when you do this kind of big leap. And we happened to, we happened, I happened upon, upon house sitting and pet sitting. And we had done some time traveling, spending what, a month in Rome? Yeah, it sort of started with, we said we wanted to travel. Bev sort of took me by the hand because I was very reluctant. I didn't know what travel really meant. Was it a little bit or a lot? So we took five weeks and went to San Miguel de Allende uh, in Mexico for one year. And then we went three months to a university in the United States that has a summer program for seniors. So we went there for three months. And that sort of got us into a, 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 a mindset of travel. But then during those three months, Bev discovered House and Pet City. So what it gave to us was another element of travel that we like, which is being in a home, having pets around, um, having a great kitchen. We love to cook and go to markets and all that. So having a great kitchen and having a comfy bed is really wonderful. And what we found was, although the Airbnb traveling, Airbnb traveling we were doing was okay, it was nothing compared to the joy we get from pet sitting. I mean, That's it wasn't true. even close. And even now, we do our pet sitting and we're sometimes a butt pet sits. But sometimes we have a gap. And during that gap, we call them tweeners, is when we actually do our touring. And this last time we came from Ireland where we spent two weeks touring, and we were so looking forward to getting back into Pet City. And I, I must add that I, I was a, a reluctant participant. Um, and when I say reluctant, you ought to capitalize that and underscore it. Because I thought it was the craziest idea I ever heard in my life. He kept saying something different. Well, strange. He said, so strangers are going to invite strangers to take care of the strangers' pets. He said, this is strange. He said, this, this will <laughs> never work. And I couldn't see how you could plan a, a, a life of travel around that. Uh, it seems so very haphazard. 
Um, which is why your platform helps so much. Yeah. Um, there are, we, we happened upon pet sitting when we're going through the internet and um, house sit match is one of those places where you can actually get sits where they advertise and you look at what you want in a pet sit, which we finally evolved to have took some time for us to figure out what was important to us. But eventually, as you get to know that better and better, then you go on your platform and you look at what's available and then interview or ask questions either by email or by Skype of the homeowners. So it sounds like you had a couple of good experiences with house sitting. Once you were kind of ready to take that on board, although I understand the reticence, I do understand. Uh, my partner and I also sometimes find that I'm the one who goes to do the house sitting and pet sitting. So I, I do get that completely. Um, and especially as you become mature, you settle in your ways and you have the comforts of your own home. And so, you know, something new and different and unknown can be a little bit challenging, can't it? Yes. And even now, um, there's, I, we get into a situation, like right now we have a whole farm. Now we didn't start out with a farm. We started out with a dog and we started out with more local pet sits. So here we now are in England with a farm, with all these horses and, and as, I, and as I look out the window at the rain, it's far from Arizona. Yeah, so we, um, now I'm trying to figure out what was the question you asked? Well, it's, it's so you've settled into a new oh. way of travel. You're using the house sits as a way to see local areas. Yes. Now, in terms of how you set yourselves up to do full-time house sitting and doing back-to-back -back house sits, I mean, that must take some preparation, financial preparation. What do you do with your own home? I mean, how did you set yourselves up to make it a viable option to travel full-time by house sitting? Well, we did it by itsy bitsy pieces because of my reluctant partner here. So we did the mini travel and then we did some local pet sits and then we did some pet sits that we could drive to and we found that we really liked it. In the meantime, we looked at our sources of income. We have social security, um, we had a savings and we worked with our financial planner a lot to pull down funds and then adjust that. We did adjusting for about two years before right. we really found what worked. We did find in the beginning, we pulled down more just to get sort of level. And then we found as we got into this, we just pulled down less and less. As a matter of fact, I think our, our nest egg is exactly what it was Two years two ago, years two and a half years two ago. Two and a half years ago. And I don't think, I can't see anything that we would change. No. So we have that. And then uh, we, 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 we got rid of our business. However, a couple of clients, very enjoyable clients, wanted to stay with us. And because we were into pleasure in our retirement, um, and they were so much fun, we, we kept with them. So that was a source of income. And the final thing was we completely decluttered our house, cleaned up everything, got rid of stuff, sent the stuff to the kids um, that they would take. Most of the stuff they didn't want, they want Ikea. And so we got rid of all of that to nonprofits, whatever. And we rented our house for four months, which basically travels more than uh, right. the airfare and all of that. And so that set us up with income. And as far as expenses, we nitpicked our way through our expenses. We had spent money that we didn't need to spend. When we started going through our statement, um, we didn't need a lot of the services that we still were applying for and getting and paying for. We also took better care of what we were using as far as uh, just out-of-pocket expenses, which was pretty 
amazing when we started adding that up. John. <laughs> well, you know, by, by, if you follow the logic of it, by taking the short trips, um, we began to learn what we needed to do in order to do this full time. So what were we going to do with our mail, for example? Well, we have a mail service that costs us next to nothing that handles everything electronically, so worldwide. So that was easy. We've set up all of our bills uh, to be auto-paid. We have a manager for the house um, who is very affordable, and she handles any house maintenance that might come up. And so as we, and, and we've made mistakes. Oh, we have made big mistakes. We just, we just found a big mistake. Yeah, we, did. <laughs> we forgot about our um, property tax for two years. And so we, we actually had a temporary lien on our house, but we, so we handled it. Uh, I think the best advice I got from when we're getting prepared for this is it's much harder getting on the road than being on the road. Once you're on the road, the answers are there. You, can, you figure it out. And so if you have confidence in that, you've got a great platform which will get you really reliable quality sits, which I highly recommend, especially in the beginning, then, um, then you just go for it, knowing that you don't have all the answers at the time that you first you start doing this, but that you can get the answers. It's, it seems to us that people who are considering um, this as a full or part-time, doesn't matter, um, has got, have got certain decisions they have to make. Um, and the first thing we attacked was our finances. And we took a very hard look at what the finances were, as Beth said. But then what kind of traveler do you want to be? Now, we happened to start this because we wanted to learn what it was like to live like a local in different parts of the world. Well, you can't do that on a 10-day trip, in our opinion. So we'd like long stay three to four weeks minimum. Um, so that's the kind of travel we wanted to do. What kind of house and pet sitting did we want to do? Did we want to do farms? We weren't sure at the, at the beginning. At the beginning, we thought we wanted to do big cities. That's why we started in Rome and then went to Naples and then went to Palermo. Well, turns out we liked uh, at a maximum small cities. Bordeaux as opposed to Paris. We love Paris, but we really love Bordeaux. It's a much smaller city. So, and, and the warmer village. Climates. We like warmer, warmer climates. Warmer climates, <laughs> as, as evidenced by our decision to be here in Henstridge in November in the rain <laughs> and cold. Um, it doesn't flexible. always work we're out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, in terms of so living like a local, so have you found any places that you think are absolutely your favorite spots and you would always return to, given um, the opportunity? You know, we've been to England a lot. Uh, we're fascinated with England. Um, however, we don't have a favorite. We've, we were looking, we've been asked this question many, many times um, over the past, what, two and a half years, years. or so. Um, and that is because in every single pet sit, there's been something that's been a favorite. It might be the walks, the pets, the house, the homeowners. It might be the town. It's every single one. And we've done many 30 40 pet sits we've done a lot of pet sits so we can't find a favorite we've been on the road for two and a half years and we've been back to the united states for a grand total of eight weeks gosh in, that's two, not and a, cool. in two and a half that's years not love at all. 
Um, and we, well, we go back uh, once a year or so for physicals and dental work and to see grandchildren and that kind of thing. Um, and we've been on the road the rest of the time. And people ask us, as Bev said, and um, I can't say that we have a favorite for, a, 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 a total favorite. Um, the landscape may be one thing. The house, we had a wonderful place we stayed in, in Lausanne, France. Um, but it all varies. Otherwise, you're open to ideas and places, yes. right? Sounds with. Yes. We are. Well, yeah. that's wonderful. So as long-term travelers, then, you must have to travel light. You obviously have to carry what you take <laughs> with you. But are there luxuries that either one of you can't live without that you have to bring on board? I, I don't know if you ever listen to... Radio 4 in the UK, BBC Radio 4 has a desert island discs and the castaway is often asked, is there one thing that we can give you that's a luxury on your desert island? So what, what are the things that you can't relinquish that you have to take with you? Internet access. <laughs> we can't pack it. <laughs> you know, there's uh, someone, this was some more advice that I got because I was, I was just agonizing over what to take on the road because I got into the, well, what if this happens and I'm gonna need this or, what if this? And so it got a little carried away. And someone finally said, Bev, there are stores all over the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's really good advice. So we do carry on. And we have been. Um, I happen to like some scarves. I think that dresses up an outfit. But the another little piece of advice we got, because we wear the same clothes over and over, I wear a lot of black is when John comes down, he's wearing the same sweater for the sixth day in a row. I go, man, that sweater looks so good on you. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, you know, we try to make fun with that. But the, um, to keep our packing down, if we buy something, then we give something away to charity. So we, let me put it in perspective. We each have a suitcase about maybe 14 inches large, tall. Uh, on wheels and a backpack and that's all we bring ever forever and we've traveled as long as 12 months um, that's very disciplined i mean that's incredibly disciplined if we, if we don't need it we don't take it we we used to have two computers and two telephones uh mobile phones and we now have a mobile phone and one computer and we just make do with that but that's a whole story in and of itself we'll do a conference call on how to declutter and how to figure out your bare essentials so that yeah. you don't get too bored and um, kind of angry at it, you know, so you feel right. comfortable. Well, I think that's useful. That would be a great, great uh, uh, video to do, actually. Um, so one last question. So how long do you think you'll be on the road? You've been on the road for two years now by the sounds of it. How much longer? Where have you, where have you got to discover yet? Hmm. Well, the more we're on the road, the more we want to discover, which is another interesting thing that happens because you meet people who say, oh, you haven't been here yet? You know, so we go, yeah, no. <laughs> to go um my sister's now in japan so i have a burning desire to get to japan because i keep seeing some great uh, you know photos and we want to get to africa and we, uh, there are just so many spain and portugal, portugal we could go on all of south america the galapagos blah, blah, blah. but um this is what we are doing we're going to do this for as long as we find joy and fun in doing it and if for some reason that starts not feeling as joyful, we will adjust and it might be, right. okay, great. We'll be in Arizona for four months out of the year or, um, and then we'll, or we will make it work somehow. So it feels better, but I don't see an end to it. I, you know, it's, we're healthy, we're excited. Um, 
And it's a fun thing to do in retirement. I mean, we just did a video we're going to put up on Instagram and YouTube where I'm out shoveling poo, horse poo. And I love it. It's fun. And so not everyone chooses to do that in their retirement. I get it. Well, it's a great way to keep fit, actually, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing like looking after horses to keep you fit. That's true. Right. That's very true. That is very true. Yeah. Well, so any last uh, top tips you want to give to anyone else in your position who is considering how sitting is a way to travel? Yes, there are. Um, ask questions. You know, if, if there is any reservation, you know, a big reservation, and people have uh, asked me, well, can you eat the food that's in the refrigerator? I mean, what they consider dumb questions, they're not. They're the same questions I had too. Um, my big advice is just do it. I feel like Nike, just do it. But it's really true. Have the right mindset. Know that this is going to work out. Be positive. Um, you know, just go with the flow, adapt, enjoy people, and smile. I mean, other than all that. <laughs> we got some great advice a long, long time ago from a couple that we met in San Miguel de Allende who had been traveling for five years at the time. And uh, they said, if you want to travel a lot like this, unless you, unless you have won the lottery and you are a multimillionaire, uh, stay out of the restaurants because you'll go broke. If you're eating lunch and dinner out all the time, you'll go broke. And uh, so we like, happen to like to cook. So that was great advice for us. Well, that sounds like sound advice from both of you. Thank you very much indeed. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's, it's our been, pleasure. It's been fun. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the date. We'll make a date. Thank okay. you again, right. and well, happy house sitting. Thank All right. you. Bye now.